off again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It's Friday night, it's the start of your weekend. Three amigos with me, Steve, Mitch and Keith and uh, Keith, uh, we're just talking as we often do for five minutes or so before we uh, before we came on air and it's just a bad week for you, mate. You've lost a couple of mates and I think it's important you just you put that kind of message out there mm. in public because, right. you know, it's, we're all, like a lot, of, a lot of the people who watch the show are in a certain age category, so just... Yeah. just, just just say what you said to us before we came on. Well, just uh, the week on Wednesday, a mate of mine, Graham Thompson, 55-year-old, uh, scratch golfer, um, had a little pain in his arm. He went, his missus had had a pain the week before, and she, she, she hers was COVID. And he went to bed. He, he saw the nurse next door. They all thought it was COVID. He went to bed, went to work the next day, 11 o'clock, climbs into his cabin, has a cardiac arrest and dies. 55. It was only bad the day before. And then... This week, on Tuesday night, one of my best friends, Michael Hopper, um, 55-year-old, six foot five, only super heavyweight ABA boxer ever to win the, the ABAs from the Northeast. Great lad. He's been head dormant in Durham. And he had, he, he's been down Wales walking. He's had a little bit of short breath. And then a friend of his as the nurse checked his pulse out and said it was irregular. And his heart was racing a bit. So she said, you need to get checked out. He went home, it rested off, and he never woke up. Cardiac arrest and died. So two people in a week, and then I've had eye surgery yesterday. Um, so it's been a, it's been horrible, horrible week. I just, you know, I, I, I woke up in the surgery and tears run down my face. I don't know, it was, you know, I think it was the lads that, that put us there. But if any years get, you know, pains in your left arm or pains across your chest or get short breath, you know, like the, the Newcastle fan base is quite renowned that we're not young. You know, we, we, we're in all the, all, the, all the age group than most football fans, but you don't get much warning. It's called the secret killer. It, 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 it's, it's prone to hit people, population 56 and 57. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hardening the arteries and, and it's very, very difficult to detect. Um, you do get little symptoms like a bit of chest pain. Sometimes you get a pain in your left arm and sometimes you're short of breath, but they are mild symptoms. And these were two big, big, strong lads. And uh, they just they just thought you know they'll go to bed and sleep it off. One was at work, one was in bed, and and they are no more. But they were they were they were big big units, you know, six foot plus, thick set lads. They could look after themselves, and it, it can happen to anybody. So you know, don't don't um, don't mess around with your health. I promise you, the best thing to do. You know, I know it's hard getting the doctors. Wait till five o'clock, ring one one one. It's amazing what questions they ask you and how you you just get into the hospital. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if it's genuine, but uh, it's been a tough week. So, look well, look, thoughts with the families um, yeah. of those people, and um, you know, we, our heart goes out to them. And yeah. uh, we'll, you know, it's, we'll a, it's a shocking yeah. thing that when you just to put in there, Steve. Sorry, but there's, there's an awful lot said about men's mental health and and the, and, the, and that type of thing, but we seem to have forgotten about physical health, and it, it's just as important, if not more important. Um, so, you know, he's absolutely right, and uh, you know. Uh, condolences to the family of the, of the two lads involved, Keith, and, and to yourself yes. and to all our mates. You know, absolutely terrible news. Uh, we've just got to look after each other and uh, and look after yourselves. Yeah, great, great point. Um, yeah, it's it, it, and getting back to the mental health. You know, look, it's only the seventh of May, and I lost my mum, and I've had ups and downs. And yeah, I've continued to do the podcast, but I've got good people around us. I speak. 
Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I've I've gone through the nine. Well, I'm still going through the nine stages of grief, um, and I'm more than happy to talk about it on here. Uh, toyed with the idea of doing a podcast about it. I'm not quite ready to do that yet, but I think I will because you know, it, it, I think it's important that people, you know, hear people who put themselves put their head above the parapet, um, that we're all human at the end of the day, and we all go through these things. Yeah. And um, I still get the trolls, I still get the rubbish sent to us by inbox, etc. And, um, you know, it can hurt that little bit deeper when you're, you know, when you're not, you know, coping with the, the loss of a loved one. So I've had that kind of situation over the last few weeks. And wanted to get this out of the way really at the start, after hearing what Keith had to say about the kind of week he's had, and I think it's just important. So rest assured, rest of the show will be full of laughs and let's have a laugh at Yano here because his first thing he kicks off with is the person responsible for the poster has worked wonders with the two Steves. Took years off you two guys. Given the extremely low starting point, they must be a Photoshop genius. <laughs> well, cheers, Yano. Thanks, mate. Thanks. That's why um, we're on the top. <laughs> exactly, I let's uh, Steve. Let's 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 get back to football, mate. And yeah, um, yeah Real Madrid uh, and Bruno. I, I mean, you know, we've got plenty of players we want to get rid of that Real Madrid can have. And I think you know, you lads who can drive will probably take them there and you know and drop them off. But uh, yeah, Bruno, you know, Bruno to Real Madrid. It's it's just ridiculous, isn't it? And anyhow, yeah. handled it really well today. Exactly, paper talk and, you know, the usual thing. I mean, are Real Madrid that worried about Newcastle that they're going to start to unsettle our players before we even get into the Champions League? Is that what they're up to? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But I tell you what, what it does show is it shows the quality of a player like Bruno that, that we've got the likes of Real Madrid looking at him, allegedly. Um, whether or not there was any substance to it, I don't really know. I'm not really bothered. Uh, we've seen various responses from Bruno. Uh, you know, we heard Eddie Howe laughing it off in his press conferences earlier. Uh, I think that, you know, let, let's get this down. To, what's happened is they look like they're losing Casemiro. It looks like he's going to Man United. He might have already gone. I hope he hasn't. I'm hoping that Chelsea come in and they snaffle him right at the end and that will just give more angst to the Man United fans out there because wouldn't that be a laugh if that happened, you know? Everyone that Man United get linked with, Chelsea nipping and get. But because it, because it looks like, I mean, at the beginning of the week, they weren't losing anybody. You know, there was no way Casemiro was going. He had the, he had the ear of Perez. He had the, the ear of... Um, of Ancelotti, he was the he was the man who's holding that that dressing room together. So we're told, and then all of a sudden he gets out at four hundred grand a week, and it's like, whoa, I'm away. Can <laughs> I get out the door quick enough at Madrid? You know, um, thirty odd year old, they're going to pay a ridiculous amount of money for him. They're going to give him ridiculous wages, um, and he's and he's going to a basket case of a club as well. So you've got to you've got to question it all. But uh, you know what? <laughs> It, for me, what it does is it, it sets the scene for Newcastle now stepping in and keeping Bruno happy and bringing his mate, Mr. Paquetta, in. That's what it does for me. That's the way I'm looking at it. And wouldn't that be fantastic as well? <laughs> yeah, Keith, I mean, look, it's the first time we've seen rumours about one of our big-name players. I mean, ASM keeps getting mentioned. I'm sure ASM will get a mention in dispatches tonight. But, yeah, Bruno, I mean, you know, just ludicrous, isn't it, to suggest that the player that's come to Newcastle who loves Newcastle and the, and the, and the fans love him, uh, would even consider moving. And, and Eddie Howe stamped quite quickly on any suggestion that there could be a, a clause for him to leave if he wanted to. Uh, I think it's opened up all kinds for me, the, the whole Bruno thing. You just mentioned about getting trolls going on. I, I don't get any now. Um, I'm not complaining, but I get a lot of calls. I've had two this afternoon from people who have mental health 
struggles. And one of them was really flapping about Bruno. And he said, you know, Keith, we've just got to the point where we've got a team we can build somewhere around and it looks like we're going to lose them. And I just said, I said, you know, we're not. It's, you know, we simply are not going to lose Bruno. And the reason we're not going to lose him is because when you've got more money than everybody else, money doesn't mean anything to you. And the only thing you're going to get off Bruno is money. That's all you're going to get. And the only way you'd let Bruno go is if there was somebody better to buy, where you buy Bruno for 40 and you get 120 for him and you go and get that player you've always dreamt of for 120. But when you've got hundreds of billions... What does a hundred million do? I mean, we're talking here petty cash in the grand scale of things. And there was a, there was a documentary on the telly um, oh, about a week ago, and it was about I think it was I think they called Tamara Eccleston, Bernie Eccleston's daughter, where she'd had a, a robbery, and it was twenty six million pounds worth of diamonds. And when you watch that documentary, you learn things from it because what she was trying to express was what them things meant to her. There was things bought to her from people who. But no longer here. There's things bought from people she loved daily. And if someone come along and said to you, when you've got 26 million, if you've got 26 million pounds with the diamonds, you've got hundreds of millions beyond that. You don't spend all your money on diamonds. But when someone comes along and says, look, I'll give you two million for that diamond, you just say, nah, I've got 26 million quid's worth. And that diamond came off somebody special. And so well, I'll give you two now. No, no, it's not for sale. Three, no, it's not for sale. And that's what where Bruno is. He's a diamond that we've picked up with the right money, but he's done something special. And Eddie Howe quoted today, what he did, what he's done is, he's come to the club without any clauses in his contract when we were in relegation for that. And he came along and he said, I'm prepared to fight for me players. And he had no get-outs. There was no get-outs. So Eddie Howe's reiterated that today. Eddie Howe said, there was no get-outs in his contract. So what my message to people who were struggling with all the transfer merry-go-round is just calm down. You know, this, this club, it's awful to say, but have so much money that money doesn't mean the same to them. And they're never, in a month of Sundays, ever going to take 120 million off Real Madrid for Bruno. They're not going to treble the money because they'd be undoing the belief of all the lesser players, the Sean Longstaffs, the Frasers, the Almirons. They're going to, they're going to look and say, shit, why have we sold our best player? Because you can't, you can't get away from the fact Bruno is our best player. He's, 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 he's head and shoulders, playing beyond himself. And he's playing with a smile, but he's rubbing off on people. And I think the only thing this will do, I think that this will get the club to realise the value of you know, Bruno, which I think they already realise. You know, Amanda was giving him a cuddle as she went on the pitch at the end of last season. I think they realise that, but I think what they'll do is I think you'll see this if it's at all possible, accelerate the recruitment of Paquetta because I think they know that by going getting Paquetta, you're going to tie a player down who's he's, he's the he's the jewel and he's the diamond in our whole group. So so I think there will be some truth in it. There was a great tweet went on today from the, some people thought it was Bruno, um, it was from a like NUC Bible, but they did a brilliant thing. They put that um, what do you call Mitch that film in? Wolf of Wall Street. He did the Wolf of Wall Street video, which which came on, and um, it was it was outstanding. You know, it's like the blokes in I'm staying, and you have to get it. You have to get a pecker or something to smash the walls down to get me out of here. And it was a good way to summarise why Bill's here. But he isn't going anywhere. He's not for sale, and money can't buy him.
Because if you took Bruno out of that squad now, you'd destroy everything you've built up. You wouldn't just take one player out. You'd take the rebuild of Newcastle back to square one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pie in the sky, I think. I mean, I know Real Madrid's a huge club, Mitch, but, um, you know, it's just it's a strange one, isn't it? And, um, you know, as I say, Eddie Howe's press conference, he batted it away quite quite easily, I thought, today. Everybody knows we're coming and they'll do everything possible <laughs> to disrupt You're and right. upset You're right. and stir the pot. Uh, it's going to happen. Well, it's they're gonna not going to work. It's not the, the, the club, interestingly, seemed to be wanting to shift away from... Uh, contracts with clauses in. Um, yeah. I had it suggested yeah. to me this week that for all that open listen to offers for ESM, for example, they've also offered them a new contract with an increase in wage and all the um, the release fees removed from the contract, and they want to move away from having players on contracts with the release release clauses in them. Yeah. Um, which I think is a very interesting way to go. Uh, it also means we we hold all the power when it comes to negotiation on price. And yeah. so, look, if Real Madrid want Bruno, they're going to have to. They would have to bust the record yeah, to do no, it. It's not going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen either. Keith. But no. the reality is, is that they have to bust some sort of record and knock out their own FFP and start selling off their granny's media rights for the next two hundred years to sort of balance it all off. And um, that's the re- the reality of where we're at. We're I'm, being I'm, dragged into these conversations because everybody knows we're on the way. I've got and more fear. We're going about our business nice and steady ah. and quietly in the background. And while a lot of people are starting to panic, and there's absolutely no reason to panic, we're going to get targets and we're going to get the people in that they want at the right price and everything will work out. Um, I, I can't believe that they're not looking at the situation we've got at the minute and not saying, right, we need to do X, Y, Z and not do that by the end of the window. Um, and and I think this is where we all need to just take a take a chill pill and let Calm the process down. happen. I, I tell you what, there's more there's more chance of me in the hairdryer. There's there's a Bruno leaving Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you do in your own spare time, really. <laughs> <laughs> Financial fair play um, is something that's getting talked about a lot as well, Steve. I mean, not yep. Forrest, uh, you know, are going berserk. Uh, Chris Banks has put, uh, when I heard Forrest had spent over £42 million for Morgan Gibbs-White, I thought they'd both three players. Um, but, <laughs> it's, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, Steve, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? It's just, it's just trying to re-emphasise uh... to people that Newcastle United, you know, the way that they've been run, Frugally, uh, for the benefit of one man and one organisation, i.e., not Newcastle United, but Mike Ashley and Sports Direct, has put us in this position. Our turnover means we are only allowed to spend a certain amount, and we're yeah. doing it properly. We're doing it over the course of the next three seasons, probably in the, over the next over the course of the next few windows. It's a it's a club that they're trying to build on cement, not sand. I keep using that expression, and you know I'll continue to use that. But yeah, it's. Um, I think just an an idiot's guide to um you know to, to to financial fair play was put out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, which we referred to. But it's it's just constant. I think that's the thing that winds people up on social media. You can't look at what Forrester buying. Why aren't Newcastle doing this? And you know the fact that nothing is getting out of the club from um you know nothing's been leaked out of the club. Therefore, we're getting linked with all of these players by all of these journalists who don't know anything, and then suddenly. 
that player goes to a different club and people are going, well, how have Newcastle, the richest team in the world, missed out on this? It's, it, that's why people are getting frustrated, Steve. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's as though as well, you know, on a, on the flipping side, that, that somebody's told Nottingham Forest that they've got 26 years of, of not being in the Premier League use on their FFP and it doesn't work like that lads they've just gone they've just gone balls out haven't they they're just they've just thrown everything at it you know but you see this is the gamble that, that a club like Forest can take um when they, when you get an owner who is probably not steeped in 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 English football who thinks you know what we're going to go for it what he says they're going to win stuff he said that on the day that the that they gained promotion and, and were one of the best teams in the in the previous league, but didn't make the top two, had to go up through the playoffs, didn't play very well in the playoff final. I mean, they'd had a fantastic run all the way through. Um, you know, I mean, they started off the season rock bottom and managed to get into the playoffs, and then they then they, they, they managed to win the playoff game. Um, and the first thing he said was, We're gonna win a cup, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And now he's throwing the money at it left, right, and center. <laughs> one of the worst teams we've seen. Uh, it's in Jim's Park in a long time when we played them on the opening day. Um, I mean, if ever it was men against boys, it was that fixture. Um, and, and but it, again, it, they just seemed to know that they, they didn't play that well on Sunday. I watched the game against West Ham. Um, the crowd were fantastic. You know, naturally, it was their first time in 26 years back in the Premiership. It's a fairly decent sized crowd. It's a big, a decent ground. It's a, it's a kind of Premier League ground as we know it, um, and it's steeped in that history. But as I listened to Martin Keogh talking earlier this morning, he said, you know, you go into Forest, and it, it's a mixture of modern and oldy worldy. There's something about it. And he says, and you walk into the boardroom, and there's like a sideboard from somebody's dining room. And then on the sideboard, you've got two European cups, and it's it's just like weird, you know. It's just that it's just like, it's a, it's a whole dichotomy. But this guy's gone in there; he's got excited, he's throwing money at left, right, and centre. And I suppose the big gamble for him is that because the rules haven't been changed yet, is if they do go down, they'll get a massive parachute payment that'll cover it, and then they'll come straight back up again because he's bought he's bought quality, depending, of course, on. What the release courses and some of those players that they've bought, the very thing that Casa are trying, as Mitch has, has insinuated earlier, that they're trying to trying to remove. Um, so it, it's it's as though they're playing fantasy football at the moment. There, I mean, no manager. I don't know about you guys, but for me, no manager worth his salt would go into a season with sixteen brand new players. You know, this is this is the sort of thing that happens when. When a, a, a non-league club collapses, goes down in uh, you know three divisions, and then you then the, there's an entire new bod come in. Uh, it just doesn't it just doesn't sit right for me. Um, it seems a crazy thing to do, and I, I'm not seeing many outgoings at Forest either. So God knows what's going to happen in the next fortnight when they're trying to clear out probably what thirty players or something ridiculous like that. It's 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 fascinating, but. Uh, I'm just glad I'm not a Forest fan because I'm just trying to keep track on who's in the squad, who's, who we're saying this week type of thing. Far better to do it the way Newcastle United have done it from in my eyes. Yeah, Keith, it was an interesting one. The Toon Tell Tales put up here. He says, Steve, we've got to talk about what Keith Downey said today, saying the Toon only offered 20 million for Madison plus add-ons because we only have 20 million in the bank left for transfers. I mean, I'm not sure what Keith Downey's source was, if that's what he did say. I mean, I've been busy uh, all day. I've not 
caught up with anything on social media, not seen anything like that. Um, I mean, Keith Downey tends not to put out rubbish, and if he has said that, then that's that that is interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, what's what's your take on the whole, you know, the whole situation at the moment, the financial fair play, and the situation we find ourselves in? I think I think when you talk about Newcastle, I think. Um, somebody said this today. Said uh, you know Eddie Howe's just turned around and said he's only looking for one more player. And I says right. And he said uh, Keith Downey says. I said first of all, like Keith Downey knows his stuff. But when the takeover went through, takeover was passed on a Saturday by the Premier League, and on the Wednesday, five days later, Keith Downey was still on there saying the EPL have yet to agree to pass this deal. So he doesn't know everything, and and he is a credible journalist. And he does tend to say what he believes and what he gets told. But when do you expect Newcastle to turn around and tell the journalist, oh, we've got, uh, still got $150 million to spend yet, mind, and we're still looking for five players? Why would they do that? Where's the, where's the benefit in telling somebody what you've got to spend, how much you're prepared to pay somebody, and how many players you need? So for me, I still think we'll get three players in. I still think we'll get two permanent signings and a loan deal. But anyhow... And Newcastle United's owners are going to gain nothing by telling any press exactly what they're going to do, when they're going to do, and how much they're going to spend. So, in reality, what I love about Newcastle now is none of the press know. None of the press know exactly what's going on. None of them. So, you know, and if you have a look at it, I mean, you can look at. I mean, there's 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 local journalist said we had 50 million to spend at the start of the start of the campaign. He's added we had 50 million. Well, that's gone. But, and then this week he's saying which three players we're looking at. So they just what they do is they, they guess a story. And you touched on it earlier. You said, you know, with most people tagging Newcastle into transfers to get the money up. I think the agents do it. I think the selling club does it. And if you notice, whenever Newcastle go after a player, the club often announces it. So as soon as Watford announced Pedro saying, you know, he's not for sale at all, that to me means... We want to sell them as much as we can for them. Now, if they don't want to sell them, why would they make an announcement? It's, it's, it's quite straightforward, all this. You know, it's, it's like it doesn't need a genius to say that, 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 that there's games being played left, right and centre. But Newcastle are keeping the powder dry and they do what they're doing. When you go back to Forest, it's a total different ball game. I mean, in fairness to them, let's defend one thing they do. And Steve touched on some at the end about buying 16 players. You'd never put that many new players with the team, ever. But the reason they did it, Steve, in a, in a big extent, is they had a lot of loan players. They had the biggest ratio of loan players out of the Championship last season. So when their season ended, they had loaned a lot of players off some top clubs who called them back in. In the same that we called Anderson back in off Bristol Rovers, Forrest had really, really done well in the loan market. So much so it got them promoted. So I think that six or seven loan deals, I think it was that kind of number, that, they, that were just gone. And there were also people that were suitable for the championship and probably weren't ready to keep the team in the premiership. Then they went out and got the likes of Lingard, which was you know, a big gamble in anybody's book. Um, and then they, they started buying players. But as soon as you start buying all these foreign players, there is a, there's a big settling in factor. And, and for me, there's another factor on Nuts Forest, which is if never in the club. It's it's mad passionate fan with big pocket full of money, and I think I, I get to recipe for disaster when you've got a fan who's passionate about his club and he's chucking his money around like a sailor on his first night ashore. There's a hell of a risk, 
that you, you, you that you're doing things on emotion. And when you stand up and say we're going to win something straight away, you know, as a Newcastle fan, that's a hell of a statement. You know, like we'd love to win something, but but if you talk to us for here, we'll happily take the league cup. We take that this year. You know, progress in the league, still climb up that league. Let's get from twelve further up. But the league cup, going to Wembley, win something would be a brilliant season. And you know, get you some kind of European qualification or whatever. When a man comes up with a team that that, that, that basically didn't look like they were going up for a lot of the season, but they get up, well done to them. I hope they do well. I think the fact that they've spent, you know, I've got a soft spot for Forest this year that you don't want to see them go back down. You know, I'd like to see them steal because they're good for the league. But uh, let's keep it sensible. I mean, that, you know, you can't settle and bed that many players in. And when you've got a football fan who's loaded with money, to me, it's like an angry boxer. You know, I've never seen a good angry boxer fight well. And when you've got a football fan going in the casino, it's like a man going in full of drink. You know what I mean? And he wants to show how much money he's got. I'll tell you something. If he wants to show how much money he's got, this league will find him out. Because he's got a lot of money, but he's not in the league. You know, you've, you've, got, you've got 10 years to catch up a Liverpool and a Man City. And you've got, in your lifetime, they'll never catch Newcastle for money. So, so, so to, to break in the top six is a big thing. But if you said to me, who's a team break the, capable of breaking the top six? If I named two, I'd say Newcastle and Bright. Because of the way the clubs have been set up and structured. And you can't buy 16 players and go, there you go. All get in, all get on. I'll tell you what, the, the one thing you'll never get out of 16 new players coming in is the kind of atmosphere, camaraderie and team spirit that Eddie Howe's gelled. I've got to remember as well, on the amount of players that they've brought in and the calibre of player they've brought in, their wage mill must have gone from, what, 20 million to 80? So on top of the 150-odd million they've already spent, they've, they've added probably another 60 million onto that wage bill as well. And the, the ground still only holds 30-odd thousand, doesn't it? You know? So you, you, you're thinking, this, this, is, this is where they've, they've basically spent everything that they've been given you know, before yeah. they've got it. This is the gamble. This is this is the way yeah. that people do this type of thing, you know. And this is where you're, you're looking at the control, and, and everybody's just going, "Oh, well done! Yeah. You've, you've bought 16 players." Absolutely crazy from a from a financial position, uh, looking at it to for the stability of your football club, you know. We had we had. the one has taken the immediate financial future of that club. And stuck it on red in the casino. He is the drunk, <laughs> China. He is the drunk Chinaman in a You're Macau right. casino. Right. He really right. is just going for it. And if it comes off, it'll be spectacular. Yeah. And if it doesn't come off, it could make uh, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methpin look like financial geniuses in the football world. <laughs> and I think that's the that's the real people really aren't You're calling right. this as it is. It's a huge gamble. And he's banking on getting, um, he's banking on getting the parachute payment, and they're already talking about adjusting parachute payments soon. He's banking on getting that as the stopgap to get them out of trouble if they go straight back down. It's it's frankly ridiculous, yeah, and, it's, and, it, and every, everybody who's applauding it really yeah. need to give their heads a shake. Because but it is not the way to run. No, because he wants he wants ten million, and nobody's prepared to pay ten yeah. million. Exactly. And so he's holding out for the the deal he wants, and yeah. that again should tell you everything. 
If he but wins, he doesn't, get he doesn't get silverware. He gets to stay up. That's if he wins. But but mm. saying we're going saying we're going to get silverware, that's, there's only really there's three trophies, isn't there? There's the Premier League, mm-hmm. the FA Cup, and the League Cup. And yeah. like and like, do you not think Arsenal are going to do the brains in to win the League Cup? Because I do. I think I think in the later rounds you'll see the teams get stronger and stronger. But I think I think I think. The Man United's in the world are going to try and do it, and just to say I'm going to win something, that's crazy. That's just, that's just, that's just, that's that's a stupid statement because we we're going to fight them tooth and nail for every one of those trophies, and hopefully compete with them in the two cups. But but Newcastle have got a far better team than Notts Forest, and they showed on the first game. So why say that? And, and I hope for his sake he stays up. But Mitch is it bang on the knuckle when he says. If you want to go to a casino, go to Macau. <laughs> That's where the real casinos are. Go in there and, and, and they'll find out how much money you haven't got, not how much you have got. Yeah, yeah, he's, um... he's, that's exactly what he's doing. And, and people worrying about how we're playing it. Well, You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'd rather be in our shoes. Really yeah, right. I right. I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, well, yeah, a lot of people saying we can't find anything on Keith Downey. I mean, look, as I said, I, I've not seen any news today. So we're going off what uh, one of our contributors in the chat said. It could be true. It could not be true. Um, I don't know. But if it's not on his timeline, I would say that he probably didn't say it. So uh, we will wait and see what comes of that. This has got to be my message of the night so far from Ron Bennett. He says, uh, I saw Mr. Hasty picking dog shite up outside the corner house on Wednesday. He didn't wave when I tooted. How are you, Steve? Oh, if you've waved, you might have slung the dog shit out of him. Exactly, aye. <laughs> around the road. You know, wave to your fans, like, for God's sake. Yeah, I, you know, I did tell, you. <laughs> tell you what, I did hear somebody toot, I must admit, and by the time the the speed that they're driving along that, that road, I didn't, I didn't notice who it was. So, Ron, you were speeding. Apologies, Ron. Apologies. Next time Ron, I'll leave the shit and wave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Council. Shit. No, no. Oh, it's a classic. Uh, okay, good stuff as always. Uh, we've got plenty to get through on the show. Uh, all your usual favourites. Uh, let's start with this one. <laughs> Yeah, I met where we ask you to send in photographs of you meeting famous people from Newcastle United's uh, current or days gone by. And thank you to Paul Capewell for this one. Uh, I'd love you to put this on Day I Met. It's not every day you get to kiss the Messiah. So there <laughs> is Paul and his good lady kissing Special K. And there is the other photograph of them together. Thank you very much for that. And I think, is this another one? Uh, yes, it was. It was Raymondo with Keith. Down at the match in 30-odd degrees heat in row A. But Raymondo sent us that. He wanted us to share that moment, Keith. He said he had a great time with you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we've got a point as well. So uh, he featured you in the day I met. But uh, great stuff. Keep them coming in. Send them to me or any of the lads, and we will get you featured on the show.
Now, I'm not going to start talking about the man's game. We did that on Wednesday, and uh, that nearly got went into a proper mess. Uh, BT... <laughs> Thanks um, for leading me across that pond. On the <laughs> I, love the, I love the message <laughs> sent by Mitch afterwards, walking on mains with Rafe in, uh, <laughs> in, in the podcast. <laughs> uh, OK, BT is going to get us walking over another familiar main, and that's this one. Uh, he says, Saudi Arabia has boasted to the world that they are improving women's rights and creating legal reform. But... There is no question with this abhorrent sentence that the situation is only getting worse. We call on the Saudi Arabian government to immediately and unconditionally release Salma al-Shihab. We want to see her free and united with her family and we want to see her conviction squashed. Mitch, I'm going to come straight to you because you're our Middle Eastern expert mm. uh, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a very good brain on him and um, somebody who speaks a lot of sense. So I deliberately swerved this the other night because we were having conversations about other stuff. I, I just want you to give, give, give us your view on all of this. And, and if, again, it's the football club and us, we're, we're a podcast. We don't mm-hmm. represent the football club directly. We just comment on the football club. But what, what's, what's your view on, on this and, and, you know, this situation? Is it, is it detrimental to, to us trying to say, look, we're moving on? Or? It's, it, again, we will, as a fan base, be put in a difficult position with this. And like I've said all along through talking about Saudi and takeover for with everybody for what feels like years. Um, as football fans, we're not yet to solve the world's problems. We get blamed for everything. In the UK, currently football fans are being blamed for cocaine culture. Well, no, that's, that's actually a problem in society, not just limited to football fans. Um, but now we're also being asked to be champions of human rights again and to fix everything in the world when all we want to do is support the football club. Um, it's quite clear we're put into difficult situations on occasions by, for example, one of our board members using the hashtag Vision2030 in a tweet when he's talking about sport, football and golf. And then, of course, people use that then to say, oh, well, but we thought this wasn't part of the government and thought there was separation between PIF and the Saudi state. When it comes to sentences like that, like the one you're describing, we're commenting on a legal system in a different country that works in a different way. And it is different. And even the legal system here in the country I live in, in the UAE, is different. Um, two weeks ago, there was an Australian lady deported for a post she made on Facebook. Um, you do have to be careful how you use social media out here. It's it's quite ironic in that, however, um, my personal Twitter account, for example, I wouldn't run it the same way I run it if I was in the UK and still had a UK General Dental Council registration. Because of some of the more spicy air and yeah, the knuckle tweets that I'll put out would get me in trouble with the General Dental Council, probably. Believe it or not. <laughs> so it happens in the UK too. Um, but obviously the sentences and the outcomes are very, very different. Um, but it's also very difficult to comment on the legal system of a different country. It just doesn't work the same way. And that's not to say we can't object to it, and that's not to say we can't ask questions about it. And I think, as a fan base... This is the unique position we have. We can have people within our fan base who can actually write sensible, level-headed comments and ask sensible, level-headed questions coming from the, the right, um, with the right heart and the right frame of mind. 
with no malice and no 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 means to attack, but to actually ask Saudi Arabia to think twice. I think the profile of this case, because I think the lady's got connections to Leeds, hasn't she? In Leeds University, I think she's. A, I think so. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I think you'll find this is one of those cases where where somebody will intervene somewhere along the line and things will change. And I think Saudi Arabia would be very um, keen to push that as a good news story if that was changed. Um, and it's the kind of thing I think may happen. Um, but it's a very difficult situation for us as the fan base because he has another stick for people to beat Newcastle United with. He has another stick for people to ask us to ask the right questions and it gets very, very complicated again. Um, and As a fan base, I think we'll get used to it and we are getting used to it. Uh, but it doesn't also mean we should ignore it. We can't just blindly stop and let things happen without the opportunity, perhaps, to raise questions. This is the kind of thing where <coughs> Amanda Stavely wanted to step in and ask a question on you know, in that respect, that, that I think that's a, a wonderful conduit to be possibly used because the connections to people in senior positions with, within PIF are quite clear and apparent. Just look at my board. And so questions can be asked that will go further on the tree. And I think that's that's the fair and right thing to do. We, I think as a fan base, we've just got to be not seen to be ignoring this and dismissing it. Because then it's very easy to see energy sports washing and use a blink to it all. I know we're very aware of it. And in this region, Saudi are very keen to be promoting the fact that they are trying to move to change and things are changing. But what people are asking Saudi to do is a generational change in five minutes, and that's not going to happen either. It's within a generation we were still hanging people in the UK. It's within in a generation we were still putting single mothers in mental hospitals in the UK. So those kind of changes come, and they come to every society um, in different ways because every society keeps its own uh, character and religious background and, and, and legal background. But I think the change will come, and it is coming. The Dubai I live in now is very different to the Dubai I moved to 10 years ago. I can tell you that straight away. Uh, and it's still changing and evolving, and Saudi has a lot of catching up to do to us here. But at the same time, I think the, the will is there, and I think it will be um, wrong of us just to ignore this situation. And I think it's to ask nice questions and fair questions. It really, um, I, I think it really is important as a fan base that we're not just allow give give a free hit to somebody to say, oh, you've all been sports watching me, you're just ignoring this. Because I think that's not right either. Keith, I'm going to come to you with a question here that Steve Middlemas has put out. Um, ben Jacobs, one of your, you know, one of your people who, when you first came on the platform, you'd have a bit tete a tete with him. You know, it was probably one of our most watched shows during the the pre takeover days. But um, he keeps saying that it would be more beneficial if somebody from PIF came out and said something, and and that's what Steve Middlemas is suggesting here, Keith. That PIF could maybe communicate. Um, you know, the, they are the majority shareholders at Newcastle. Um, they own the club. Would it not make more sense that they come out and say things? Not about this particular issue, by the way, but just in general. I think I think it's a good point that Steve Middlemas brings up because if PIF came out, um, I guess you've got to remember that PIF made a statement that they are separate to the government. 
So if yeah. they speak, it, it's logic would follow that they would only um, speak on behalf of an investment fund that's investing in Newcastle and not as the, the Saudi government. But that's my problem because this lady targets Newcastle fans. And I've got to tell you, if, if you look at me as an ordinary Newcastle fan, I've got far bigger pressing issues in my life than worrying about what she's worrying about. Now, clearly that's massive to her. I respect that. I've got a lot of respect for it. That, that, that is something that ticks her list. It's big. Go and speak to the people who are doing it or that can do something about it. Because Newcastle fans can't do anything about it. And coming to us, it's just an absolute waste of time. Because all you're doing is you're lobbying people who's... who's if you said to me today, um, what concerns you in, 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 as a British person living in Britain, I'd say the fact that a guy, 87-year-old, can't go down the street in a, in a, in a disability chair without getting stabbed to death. That, that bothers me a lot more than what's happening in Saudi Arabia because I live in England. So, so why would it not? Why would I not be more bothered about a man? I mean, it would upset me if a man was 50-year-old in a disability chair and get attacked because I think ageism comes into it. He's 87. A disability comes into it. He can't run away. He's, he's in a chair for a reason. So, so I'm more concerned that I live in a country where you can't go down the street in, in a disability chair at that age and get an allowance for it and a recognition to say that guy needs a chair to be mobile and that guy's of the age, he's got to feel safe. So I'm more bothered and I get on a high horse, I get on a boxing high corner about that man not being able to live safely than what I would with what's going on in Saudi Arabia. Because I'm not from Saudi Arabia, I've never been to Saudi Arabia. But if it bothers you so much and it bothers your family, then get off your ass and go to Saudi Arabia and speak to them. Or go and lobby in the proper format. But where does, where does lobbying, you know, let's suppose the man who did that murder supported Gilliam. Are you going to go and break Gilliam's doors down? It's, it's your fault you support Gilliam. No, it's the man's fault who brought it on himself to attack somebody in the street that age and stab him to death. So, so, so what I can't understand is what the hell has this got to do with the average Newcastle fan? Because even Mitch, Mitch lives in the region and he puts a, a really valid point forward about moving on. And, but we're just football fans. Nothing anybody says to us is going to make a toss of difference. So you can have a go at me all you want. And I'm not going to go up and speak to anybody who's going to listen to us about this matter. So Middlemiss, the, the, point is very, very valid. Why, you know, PIF could come out if they want to. But that's a tricky area because they've already said they're separate to the government. If you're going to lobby somebody to change government policy, you don't go and lobby an investment fund that is separate to government. You go and lobby the government. And to go and lobby some Newcastle fans who have an investment fund that's separate to government and think that's anything more than making a noise, getting on a drum and talking shite out your ass, then you're wasting your time, my time, and everybody else's. Mm -hmm. Okay, Steve, you've listened intently there um, with, with what's been said. Um, do you agree? It's a decision that's been made by the judiciary in Saudi Arabia. The, 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 the judges who have listened to our case and have come up with this arbitrary figure of, what was it, 34 years in jail because they feel as though 
Um, what she's done warrants a 34-year sentence. We might think it warrants nothing more than a slap on the wrist in this country. Or PF, PIF anything to do with the government? We've argued that they're not. Is PIF anything to do with the judiciary? Certainly not. Um, and this is where things start to become slanted. I was out last night, actually, with four Saudi Arabians. Uh, I, went, I had a meal. Um, Hope you wash your hands after picking that dog shit up. <laughs> that was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? The conversation never cropped up. The conversation was all about football. It was all about the match on Sunday. Oh, it was all about them going home on Monday or back to yeah. Saudi Arabia for four weeks on holiday. And how they were looking forward to being and meeting their family, and then how they were looking forward to being back and being back at the game in September, at the end of September, beginning of October, when they returned from the holidays. That was the conversation that we had. No time did it seem to uh, to to be even on their radar to talk about this this lady. I think she was a dental hygienist. Uh, she was doing a PhD at Leeds University, from what I understand. Uh, she's been here for quite a number of years. She's made a comment. She's then gone back expecting to bring our family back over. And somebody has been monitoring our social media account and feels as though what she said on the social media account um, has has threatened the 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 uh, the position in the in the U in in Saudi Arabia in terms of um, causing ructions and and making comment on issues that people don't normally comment on in Saudi Arabia. But as I say, we know very little about the case other than it suddenly appeared in, in the newspapers on, I think it was Tuesday, but at no point did the, did the conversation crop up and we were out for a good few hours last night um, having a great time, eating some wonderful food, talking about life over here, talking about how they're enjoying being in Newcastle, some of them have been in Newcastle for seven or eight years themselves, but how they were looking forward to going back home um, and spending some time with the family, but also how excited they were about about going to the match on, on Sunday as Newcastle United fans, watching them play Man City in the Pet Road Dollar Derby, as they were calling it. You know, I mean, it's... It, it, it's you know, we're living it. We're living a, a, a crazy world at the moment. It, it is, and... We're often asked to talk about things that we know absolutely nothing about, and it it makes it very very difficult to come up with a with a with a, a rational answer that's not going to upset somebody uh, somewhere. And you know, you really really do have to educate yourselves before you can come up with 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 some logic. You can't just go that shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen. Throw a, throw a curveball out there. I just I just find the whole thing. At times depressing, I find it um, confusing. Um, but I'm a football fan, and I'm here, and I'm looking forward to a match on Sunday. And I enjoy the company of of my Saudi friends uh, yesterday with my family, my wife, my daughter, my good friend Bill and his wife, um, and 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 the guys and girls yep. from Saudi. I like to give about. a I like to give a platform to everybody. And Mark Irwin says, "Any UFC matters, it says it in the title. We should stay on topic." Mark, unfortunately, yeah. we are connected to Saudi Arabia. Well, fortunately, we are because they got us out of the Ashley mess. But what I'm saying is, unfortunately, uh, on this occasion, BT's asked a question a couple of times in the chat, and I respect everybody who asks a civilized question in the chat. And that one had to be asked. And we've got a two-hour show tonight, and I've got people who are capable of answering the question in an intellectual way. 
and that's the reason that we've we've do, we do it. So I, I know you weren't having a dig there, Mark. Um, maybe you were just saying, you know, that's it. But I just, you know, we should stick to football. But sometimes it does cross over, especially with the with the kind of owners that we have now. So we, you know, I would like to say it stop. I don't really give a monkey's about what is going on in another country. It's it's an, it's bad enough. Um, what's going on in this country? Never mind what 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 else is happening elsewhere around the world. Um, you know, with food banks having to be in existence, more food banks now than there is bloody um, certain branches of um, you know certain bakeries and stuff. It's it, this is how bad it is now. It's it's just a, it's a farce. So yeah, I get your point, Mark. But we we did have to bro- broach that subject because it is an important one. Okay, uh, tweet of the week. <laughs> Yeah, tweet of the week. Uh, we've had lots of these uh, sent in. Uh, thank you. And it's a very Manchester United theme this week. Uh, this one from Wayne Bennett uh, with uh, a, a Manchester United fan uh, deciding now that he's going to support Manchester City. Love that one. Uh, then we've got this one uh, from Wayne as well. Uh, a young kid sitting on Santa's knee. What would you like for Christmas? A unicorn. Be realistic. Man United are finishing the top four. What colour unicorn? <laughs> Very good. Uh, this one uh, from Wayne as well. Helping to auction the same Shearer Bull. Man United trying to auction this off. Uh, David De Gea's <laughs> gloves. Don't miss your chance to win a pair of them. Big gaping hole in the middle of them, of course. Uh, this one uh, from Wayne as well. Even Lady Bird are telling us uh, it's totally, yeah. You've got the you've got you've got the theme that's coming here. Uh, this one was a little bit more subtle uh, from Troll Football, courtesy of Wayne. The Premier League race, as you can see, Chelsea ready for the off. Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Manchester United facing the wrong way. Uh, this one was from uh, Jean Franco Schola. Thanks, uh, kindly sent in by Zara. Even Man United's fixture list is laughing at them, and if you can just see down the side there. Uh, Very and, good. <laughs> uh, Skybet Championship, uh, although it wasn't them, uh, I have to point out, but I was sent this one in. Uh, hi there, Manchester United. That was one of those accounts which just changed the name to uh, uh, Skybet Championship just for the for the crack. Uh, this one, 4-4, and 2 Shocking sees at Brentford Stadium. The stewards are forcing Man United fans to stay and watch the game until the final whistle. <laughs> and this one, uh, breaking news, Eric Ten Hag to be replaced by, you guessed it, Coronation Street's Roy Cropper. <laughs> uh, Darren, uh, getting back to Newcastle United, says he's amazed how many directors of football there are amongst the Newcastle United fan base. Let's hope Dan Ashworth is listening to their obvious expertise. Sure he is. Quality. <laughs> uh, a little bit of sarcasm there from Darren, but on the money. Uh, this one is from Paul. Now, you might remember Paul, the Subutio uh, um, team that he donated for the food bank. Yeah. Uh, we've met him and uh, Malcolm McDonald signed it and we, we made a good bit of money from that. So Paul uh, says, I've got a story of something that's happened to me that's quite funny. He says, feel free to share it with the world. As you know, I had issues with Castore, so I ended up getting the white shirt elsewhere. Taking into account the reliability and cost of the story, I thought I'd try DH Gate. Other snipe companies are available. For the Ben's home kits, £40 for three kits with Bruno on the back. Bargain, I thought. Look what turned up. Three bloody Everton kits. 
He's got no look at all, poor Paul. Uh, tried Castoria, the legal route. Uh, then he's gone down the route of uh, DH Gate and uh, unfortunately come a cropper there as well. Uh, this one from yeah. Wayne, uh, Nick Pope. <laughs> Very good. Uh, following yeah. on from the, uh, uh, the, the madness that was going on on Twitter last week. Uh, this one was on Rob Lee's Facebook. Um, I'm friends with Rob on there. Happy birthday, Alan Shearer. Both looking older, son. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nice of him to use the Newcastle Legends photo there as well with uh, the Newcastle Legends badge. Uh, great to see our regular, who was in the chat tonight, I believe, Jimmy Moore, uh, looking well. Finally home, a few antibiotics, £12 later, but at least I get to enjoy the match at home. Thanks to everybody for the well wishes. Uh, Jimmy, it's great to have you back in the chat, mate. I've seen you down there in uh, the last uh, few days and uh, making you know, you know, know, making yourself at home again and just, just hoping that everything works out for you, Jimmy, because obviously it's great to have you as part of the NUFC Matters family. Hopefully one day as well uh, we might be able to get you across here um, and, and, and you know, maybe even get you at a game. Who knows? It would be great to see you, mate. So, uh, get you know, carry on, carry on the recovery. Great to see you, mate. And um, you know, welcome back to the chat. Uh, this one <laughs> from Zara, NUFC Blue Star tweeted this one: Declan Rice is the best midfielder outside the top six. I'd say Bruno disagrees with that. Uh, <laughs> this one from Dean Woods: The Benz and his photo taken with super care at the South Shields match. I am wounded. Of <laughs> <laughs> his manager at South Shields. Uh, Murian O'Connell, that stupid walk when you do, when someone's mopping a floor and you know you're going to walk over it, but you don't want to see how sorry you are to be walking over it, so you make yourself look like you're walking over hot lava. Yeah, I think we've probably all done that before. <laughs> we know that one, Steve. <laughs> Definitely, no doubt about that. Just a Chuck Norris one randomly from Zara as well. Chuck Norris one strangled someone with a cordless phone. <laughs> remember when that was a thing Chuck Norris did this Chuck Norris did that yeah. uh, Jack Castle though uh, went for one pint after the gym last night at five and now I'm on my way to Brighton very <laughs> 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 had a good time um, well, it was great Burger King uh, you are right there admin besides Jordan Pickford is England's number one uh, Burger King replied imagine being this wrong Pope is the clear king <laughs> I went on for days uh, this one the Rockcliffe Files yeah I've met him a couple of times good lad this Villa Everton game is like watching two well-dressed pensioners dance to the organ in the Blackpool Tower ballroom <laughs> something historically and beautifully regal about both but you can sense both will be dead and buried by <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analogy that Blackpool. I loved it yeah, it was, it was a good to that um, it didn't win. Nine-year-old. Hey, Dad, I've got a pun for you. Ooh, what is it? Nine-year-old. It's like a joke where you play with words. <laughs> I just got Leslie Nielsen by my own child. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, last few. This one from Ian Smith. I'll, uh, getting back to our fav favourite uh, deluded world of Mackham's page. Must have been on those you-had-to-be-there moments. Uh, and this is where um, the guy on the uh, Mackham forum says, always remember when we played the mags, uh, when they had Denver Bar and someone, uh, someone at the North Stand uh, sang Denver Bar, uh, you shagged a sheep, Bar Bar, still tickles me that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
CDs, Mackums. Uh, <laughs> honestly, get yourself onto the ready to go message board. It is brilliant. Uh, just honestly, there's hours of endless fun on there. Um, well, well worth well worth watching. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, this one, uh, yeah, we've had Jimmy. Sorry, uh, this one. We're just showing you what it was like down at Brighton. I know Keith was down there, but this was a great tweet. Shared the points, shared the sun cream, quality from Brighton and Hove Albion and NUFC supporters this afternoon. That was actually a video clip. If you check out the, the, the guy from Brighton, um, you just see the, the Newcastle band lean over and hand him the sun, the sun lotion. Uh, fantastic. It's it just, a, it, you know, the, and the feedback that, that I saw between brilliant. fans, Holly Blades in particular, and a couple of others, just, just a proper feel-good factor between the fans and how much they love going to each other's grounds. Uh, this was good as well from Kenny Hattle on Facebook. Uh, shout up for president. Um, I don't need to read the name out. I think it's quite <laughs> obvious uh, uh, what he's called. <laughs> uh, unfortunate surname. And this one, um, Miguel Delaney is possibly the stupidest man to think he's never wrong. Miguel crazy. Delaney then replies, please point out to me where I've been wrong, James. This should be good. And then uh, Arjun goes, but he's called Dave. He dropped that down for one. <laughs> I thought it was class, that, like, especially with the lady. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, this one was good as well. Rocky Tune, looking through uh, his old CDs. Never knew they'd made an album about Sunderland. Uh, Lazy Town. Very good. Yeah. And this one, Mike, Michael Holden. It's actually going to be cheaper to go to the World Cup than it will be to stay here with the heating on. <laughs> <laughs> Very, Very true. Uh, this one uh, from Nick Pope himself. Nick Pope, when he finally got his Twitter account on. Brilliant. Last two then. Lucy Nickel, I've just discovered Nordic space-saving hangers, and I haven't felt this excited since I saw The Prodigy Live circa 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Good last, Lucy, and I uh, hope Chris is doing okay if you're uh, tuned in. Uh, he's a top, top lad. And last but by no means least, I make no excuse um, as a music fan for picking this one. Ian Hull, Roy Uberson, anywhere you want, you got it. Anywhere <laughs> you need, you got it. Brilliant. I love that one, Ian. Uh, I do like the little ones that you're sending. Keep them coming in. Tweet yeah. of the week. Plenty of them uh, out there. If you find one, tag us in it, send us it, and we'll get it on the show. <laughs> I thought I'd better play his theme music because he's coming in a bit early because I'm not here on Monday. I'm having a night off. Um, I'm actually at a wedding on Monday um, of all days. So he's not got his show. So I've got I've got him in to do a, do a, a full hour. Here you are, Borough Mag. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Quarter past six, you said. I know. Well, I, I, you know, I did, the tweets of the week dragged on. I've got to keep... You have know, we... Uh, can I just check if we got all the intellectual, political crap out the way? And uh, now we can just... <laughs> the movie. Is, is that what we've done? Yeah, that's why we brought you on. Good. No other tone. <laughs> um, yeah, look, good to have you on, Joe. We'll, we'll do your tune tips a bit a little bit later on. Um, yeah, you've been listening to all of that. Give it, you know, give us give us your opinion on it. I mean, it, 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 you've you've coined it really. It's it's it does it does drive people up the wall, doesn't it? A, a little bit. It's we just we're just interested in football, mate. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just listening to the perfect sense that you've been talking, Steve. I actually tweeted, uh, I actually texted Keith um, just as Keith finished what he was saying and I thought it was absolutely spot on, um, Steve. We say it time and time again, don't we? Yes, we've got to be aware of these things. We are owned by Saudi Arabian, um, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia ultimately. But for me, um, there was a comment in the chat that basically just said, what's this got to do with NUFC? And that's where I lay my hat, um, Steve. I think I can see why PIF might, you know, people might think PIF need to come out and say something. But as Keith said, you know, this whole takeover essentially was about trying to prove that they were a separate entity and weren't related at all to the government or, or, or therefore the laws of the land. So as far as I'm concerned, um, the lads have said it all, Steve. Um, I think the sooner we can get back to talking about Manchester City and leave the politics to the politicians and the legalities to the lawyers, um, you know, the better for all of us as football fans, I suppose. Why I okay? Let's get back to football, Steve. Um, Carl McVeigh asked a question earlier on. He said, "About of all the players, six hundred and ninety-three, uh, who we are linked with, do, who do you think we're going to get?" I mean, obviously, some of them have been sold with their clubs now. Pedro seems to be uh, one that Newcastle are going to push and push and push until they get him over the line. But there are other names. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, just just off the top of your head, Steve. In recent weeks, who we've been linked with. Who do, you, who do you think is more likely to end up at Newcastle within the next two weeks? Paqueta. Paqueta? Yeah. Pedro, Pedro, do you think? Uh, Pedro, possibility. But I, as I said on Wednesday night, I see Pedro as one of those players who, you know, the, the, the price is getting higher and higher, but I still see him as somebody for the future. Um, for for me, Paqueta, he gives you, he would give you another dimension. He can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play um, as a number 10. He's, he's a... He's good with both feet. I think it, it provides you cover for a striker. It gives you that he can play off a, a let's say, a, a Chris Wood if 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 Wilson was injured, but he can he can slot in on the left if you want to swap him for ESM. He's swapping the right if you want to to swap him for Almiron. He can play alongside in a holding role in midfield. He's he's just one of those players that that has. Uh, we used to call him versatile. Um, he just he's a he's a Brazilian with thirty three caps, um, and he's a quality act. And I just think that um, the way that Newcastle have been playing, and and I think the style of football that 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 we want them to be playing, I think he's the perfect fit. I think the other lads, you look at all the other lads who have been linked with, um, is it Nunes or, or was it uh, Ramos? Sorry, and. Um, and the others, they're all around about the same age, 20, 21. They're all future players. I think it's Newcastle United speculating to accumulate. Um, and they're all very much of a muchness in terms of, of goals scored um, in their career uh, to date. None of them have made that many appearances either. Um, so that's why I think going for the experience and, and the link um, with Bruno and, and with Joe Linton in midfield and, uh, you know, that 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 triumvirate of Brazilians, that's what excites me at the moment. It might all change in a week's time when he signs for Real Madrid, but uh, how, how are you? <laughs> okay, Mitch, uh, you know, Junior Turner asked a question there. Can we have each of your predictions on how many signings and who before the window closes, lads, please? So we're, we're tying this in, really. Uh, you know, I, I still think two. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give my opinion. I still think two. I think looking at this whole Pedro thing, I think we will get that player. And I think... Yeah, I think Paquette is a good shout. I, you know, I still think we will break. I, I agree with you and Stu, Mitch, that we'll probably break with transfer 
record to bring somebody else in. And I think Paqueta might be the, the most likeliest of option. If we bring pa- Paqueta and Pedro in, we're, we might as well get a full yellow strip for next season. I think we'll go one further. I think we're going to have three Ps in through the door. Pedro, Paqueta and Pulisic. Mm. And okay. I think that's. I think that will happen. Um, that's just the feeling I've got about the way they're angling. I think deals are starting to fall into place. And the, the approach they've taken, I think, will pay off. Okay, Joe, your thoughts, mate? We've done the transfer show all the way through the summer. We've got a, a good insight into some of these players that have been linked. Is there any change in your mindset? Is there anybody who you think that, that we'll, we'll have through the door in the next two weeks? Um, I don't think so, Steve. I, I, I tend to agree with Mitch, with, with Mitch, actually. I don't think the Pulisic thing's gone away um, as such. There's a little part of me that thinks Paqueta has always been there um, and at some point we will sign the guy. So why not do it next week when we really, really need to? So if it was me, I think we'll get Paqueta. I'd like to see Pulisic, um, but I think if we're getting the guy from Watford, I think it'll be Paqueta and Pedro, and then Callum Hudson-Odoi uh, will come in on loan. OK, Keith, your your views? I did a tweet um, three days ago, which was which was what Mitch has come with. I, I think I said, um, I, I think the Pulisic thing is, is real. Um, I still think he thinks that at some stage he can break into Chelsea's team. But the other thing, they're on, they're on massive money, these guys. Pulisic is on crazy money. Um, so if he came, I think it'd be a loan deal with Chelsea paying a lot of his wages. Um, he, he's on, he's on apparently over two hundred grand a week. So if 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 we go out and sign anybody um, on permanent deals, I would say being Pedro and Paqueta and Pulisic on a loan deal. But it depends how how he's going to play them because. People keep getting carried away. They keep saying, oh, we've heard they're not going to go for this player because Wilson won't have it. That's not what Eddie Howe's building up. He's not building something up where Wilson tells him who to sign. What Eddie Howe's building this thing up, hence with his offer to St Maximum, is all these contracts with clauses in are coming out. Bruno didn't sign one. Botman hasn't signed one. So why should anyone else? And, and what, they, what they're saying is, everybody that goes on that pitch, it'll be challenged. And so for me... I think Mitch's Mitch's call of I think is right is is it's probably it's the, the, there's there's other teams in for him there's other teams would like to take him um, but when you're talking about playing I think it's 57 million and he's he's typically a right winger we've got a we've got a berth for him straight away Paquette will get any team Paquette will get any team and I think I genuinely think that um, that Pedro and his camp are keen to come to Newcastle. But they know they'll be fighting for you know fighting for Wilson and, and you Wilson will come off twenty minutes to go and Pedro will come on and Wilson will get injured and Pedro will get injured. And I think that's genuine competition that centre forward. Personally, I mean that's what I think will come. Personally, from what I've seen of Ramos, Steve's touched on Steve Hasty. Yeah, I mean, he looks he looks a he looks a, a real player like I think in five games he scored four and made three or something. You know what I mean? He's got he's got a crazy record. For the start of the season, and he played with Nunes um, last year. So, so I, I think Ramos looks looks as though he's going to be a real, real player. But 
this coaching squad, if they look to Pedro, it's because he's got massive potential. When they talk about, I heard today that there was a suggestion that 27 million had been accepted. Um, so I think that, but don't rule out what George said at there is because um, Newcastle, Amanda Mead, I were down there at the game as guests of the, of the owners. There's a closeness being built up between Newcastle and uh, Chelsea and Hudson Adoy. The, the rumour is that Hudson Adoy fancies a stint at Newcastle. You know, it's been on tonight. There's somebody quoted on here that, that Pulisic fancies Newcastle. So I would see us taking two players out of Chelsea. And I wouldn't rule out four players coming in. But, but to me, the one player that takes us to the next level, the one player that brings gold to our midfield is Paqueta. Get him, get him signed, get him in. And his money is spot. If his money's 34 million, like, you know, you, I tell you what, it'll be a lot more than that for the World Cup. So that's my predictions. Yeah, life goes is on a bit of a mission in the chat. Uh, going on about Newcastle. Are Newcastle trying to sign players on, on levels of attractiveness? Uh, interesting suggestion. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> in that in that case, he suggested we potentially might sign Madison as opposed to Paqueta. But then, you know, some people might fancy more of the Paqueta look than the ah. Madison look. Life goes. I don't know. I think um, Madison's yeah, deal's gone. You know, unless, yeah. unless, unless they drop... To, to levels, but when you, when you see a bloke going to Notts Forest, yeah, who's got one cap for forty four million, it's ludicrous. You know I mean? When you see him go for forty four, you can understand Leicester wanting sixty. But yeah. when 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 Madison's sixty and Paquette is thirty four, it's one world class with thirty three Brazilian caps. In it's the words of Piers Morgan on on his program on Talk TV, the world's gone nuts, mate. It really has. has when you're paying that kind of money for him. Okay, let's 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 go to the let's go to the departure lounge. Yano says if we get three in, who are the six that Eddie leaves out, Steve? Good question. Good question. Um, would you would you leave out Shelby, bearing in mind that he's not going to be fit until the winter break? Because let's Talked call about it, it last week. I'll, I'll, you've got to leave him out. He's not going yeah. to fit. Let's call it. It's a, it's a, it is a winter break because the, the season ends in November, end of November. So and they're saying he's not going to be fit then. So you might as well leave him out. So there's one place going. Um, for the rest, oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a good shout. It's a good call. Um, it's all going to be in the midfield, isn't it? Where, the, where there's going to be a, a string of players. We've already got rid of a couple, you know. I mean, we've saw Kieran Clark leave. And yes, he wasn't in the squad, but we've seen Gale leave. So so he's gone. I wouldn't be surprised if if somebody came in for the likes of Lascelles, to be perfectly honest, because I don't think Lascelles is the sort of player, um, given, his, uh, given his stature, who would be willing to sit around um, not getting in ahead of, of, of Byrne, Ahead of of Botman, ahead of Shaw, um, you know. So I think that I think that there's, there's there's a possibility there. I can't see Fernandez being part of the squad. Um, that, that's another another gap. Um, and after that, then you're starting to talk. Will Matty still be there? You know, Sean for me would it, it will be there. Um, will Matty be part of it? Um, it's uh, you know what. It, then you're then you're looking at Eddie likes he likes Murphy, doesn't he? I mean Murphy seems to be the first player he brings on. He likes Murphy and his attitude. But again, Murphy's gonna be a bit part player with some of these players that are coming in. And would Murphy be looking for a move away? Um, or would they be looking to move him on? Um 
it, I, I think this is where it, it comes down. To, uh, even Fraser, for example, um, does, does he does he have a spot? And I think it's a case of whether or not the players are going to be left out and and shipped out, or whether they're going to be left out like happened last season with Kieran, um, and just not part of the squad and 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 just told. Well, you know, you can pick up a wage, or you, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be around, but not around, if you know what I mean. Um, or whether they're actually, got, whether they're actually got offers in for players and they're just waiting. Um, and that's why I think somebody implied earlier there that uh, the last week of the transfer window at Newcastle could be very, very interesting. Could be almost like a, like a steamroller going down a hill, couldn't it? You know, like it, it could be absolutely. You know, monumental in terms of where the club, where the club's heading, and uh, there will be players. We've got, you've got the added problem of the goalkeepers as well. Um, we've got four goalkeepers. Gillespie, the one that misses out. If the other three remain, we know that Pope's now number one. So where does that leave Dubravka? Um, little pl- little places that you could have seen Dubravka going, like Leicester, for example. They've suddenly they've suddenly gone out and bought goalkeepers as well. So I, I just find. I just find this is why I keep implying it. This is why Eddie Howe gets paid the big money, and we go to watch because it's his decisions, not ours. At the end of the day. Yep. Okay. Uh, what's your views on the outgoings, Mitch? Um, I think again, I think you're going to see a flurry of activity as the window starts to close, uh, and I think we'll be active on both incomings and outgoings. And I think we'll have to be. Um, as Steve's alluded to, it's. Tough choices, but that's what they paid the money for. Uh, and it's quite nice to be talking about difficult choices. That means the squad's got a bit of depth to it. It's not immediately obvious about who we should jettison and who we should keep. Um, though I think most of the names that Steve's mentioned make sense to me. And uh, I think that's, that's again, expected to be active on both sides of the transfer window once it starts to close. Okay. What about you, um, uh, Jordan? Who do you see going out? Lots of names getting suggested. Lewis, Fernandez, um, Manquillo, Longstaff, Richie. Yeah, yeah. I just very quickly made a list. And if we are to leave Shelby out, um, I guess that takes one of them, uh, depending on the length of his injury. Yeah, Matty Longstaff, uh, Matt Ritchie, Freddie Fernandez. Mankeo um, and probably Lewis, although I am aware that there's probably three players there who could probably do a job at the back. But I think looking at that left-hand side, particularly where Lewis might have got a shout, I think um, if you think about what Dan Byrne did last week at, 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 uh, at Brighton, you know, Botman's clearly got a left foot, Matty Target's there now, so um, the reliance on Richie won't be there. So if the reliance on Richie isn't there, the reliance on Lewis certainly won't be there. Um, yeah, the goalkeepers, you can take your pick. And actually, to be fair, um, it's probably about time that Carl Darlow moved on, I think. So uh, Gillespie seems quite happy doing what he does for us. Um, so I'd maybe leave Gillespie where he is. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. And and, and here we are. All we do is talk about incomings and, and how many will we sign. We definitely, definitely need to sign at least three. We know that. Um, but you you know you can only have a certain amount of people on your wage bill at the end of the day, can't you? So if I was to leave people out, that would be my list. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be some outgoings and it wouldn't surprise me if you don't see the likes of Fernandez and Richie not just left out of the squad, but I think they'll be a way, to be honest. Keith, who's out the I door? Think, I, think, I think with Anderson coming in the midfield, I think he isn't counting the squad numbers. I think that gives us more coverage there. And I think we're going to bring players in. I think we'll bring... 
three or four players in between now and the, the window. Definitely three. Um, and so I think Mankeo is still a, still a, still useful. I think the manager likes Murphy, so I think he's useful. So what I see is I see three sales. I think we'll sell Carl Darlow. I think we'll sell the sales, and I think we'll sell Matt Ritchie um, as these players come in. I think I think they'll do that because they'll know they're not going to get a game. And and the three people I think he'll then uh, leave out is Matty Longstaff, uh, John Joe Shelby. Think about it, Shelby's out till, till January anyway with the World Cup, um, and Fernandez. I don't I don't think there's I don't think he's a player. Fernandez is never going to get a game. Shelby's not going to be used till January, and there'll be more comings and goings in January. And I think I think you might I think you might even say Longstaff go on the deals, but but I think there's going to be some selling done, and I think Lascelles will realise and Richie will realise that they're not going to get in the squad. So six going out for me: Fernandez, Shelby, Gillespie. No, Fernandez, Shelby, Darlow, Lascelles, Richie, and Longstaff. Okay, big shout out to our sponsors. As always, big thanks to Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. You can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead. Telephone 0191 478 Or visit the website www.darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary. CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. You can find them on Nun Street in Newcastle or at their website, www.thegohd.com. And thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at their website, mrvickies.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to Away Day Clothing and thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe, it's free. Seven shows a week. Hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner. And that's it. You can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up under the video to like it. Click share to share to your social media. And drop into the comments box to post a comment to uh, us or to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes. Spotify and other podcast providers usually goes up 24 hours after the show has finished on YouTube. If you want to become a member, click join under the video. Or if you want to spend a little bit of cash, uh, become a cult member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw. Then go to nufcmatters.com and click membership. Or put your camera or your smartphone over the QR code. It will take you straight there. If you want a free car sticker, uh, go to nufcmatters.com. And John will send you one out. We support the food bank on the show. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is the virtual match day bucket. Get yourself on there and make a donation. Or pop up to see Steve Hasty and the gang at St. James's Park. They will be opposite Shearer's Bar pre-match on Sunday before the Manchester City game taking your donations. And don't forget, Peter Beersley Soccer School is still running through August. If you want your young'un to learn from one of the best who played in black and white, for more information, get yourself to the website, peterbeardsleysoccerschool.com. Super Mac and I will be at the Dog and Parrot, pre-match and after-match, uh, half-past two pre-match, and around about seven o'clock post-match on <laughs> Sunday. It's free entry. Kids, welcome. Get yourself down there. It's always good crack uh, before the match. As I say, good food, good beer, good crack. And we did announce an event last night, an evening with Paul Gascoigne in association with Gold Star Promotions. 
Monday, the 3rd of October at Shearer's Bar at St. James's Park. Compare for the night is Gibbo. Gaza will be there giving some unique insights into his time at Newcastle, Tottenham, England, Lazio and the rest. Uh, for information on that and where to buy tickets, go to nufcmatters.com. Uh, tickets are selling quite fast already, as you would imagine. John from QTech always does a little prize once a month. Last week's clue was Zazon. This week's clue, silver medal winner, 2020 Summer Olympics. Jot those two clues down. You'll have a third and fourth clue to come. And then a question. The first person in the chat will be the winner. So uh, that is your clue for this week. Uh, okay, time to give Toon Tipster his, uh, his little intro <laughs> once again. Uh, but you've got to wait because, first of all, he gets uh, he gets his set up by Toon Stado. Hello, amigos. Hello to all watching. Man City at home on Sunday. So many stats. Not all of them good ones for Newcastle. Newcastle has beaten Man City only eight times in the Premier League and seven of these are before 2006. In the last 29 games, Newcastle has won only one. Back in January 2019, we all remember the famous win with Rafa in charge. When it comes to clean sheets, we know that Newcastle started with two in the first two games. We haven't gone three games without conceding since 1961, back in the old second division. When it comes to the top flight, Newcastle hasn't started three games without conceding a goal since 1902. Maybe even Stephen Hasty won't remember this one. Now we face Man City, who have, who have scored four or more in the last three games against us. And Pep Guardiola is 10 out of 10 wins against Eddie Howe. Actually, it's the best managerial record in the Premier League of one manager against the other. So a very tough task on Sunday, but uh, let's see what the Lets will do. How are the Lets? Great have Andre's contribution to uh, Stato, always good. And uh, he likes to have his music, so uh, we better play it. Here he comes. It is Joe Walker, Toon Tipster. I'm going to get myself some Kenny Everett gloves for that. Like, it's like, it's, I, I love that music. Well done, Neil Jackson, Media Rot. Okay, over to you, Borough Mag. The floor is yours. I've seen you dance like that on a dance floor before. My <laughs> I <friend>. have. <laughs> I, absolutely. That was before the music was on. Right, here we go. The weekend starts right here. So here we go. We've got our biannual bookie nightmare to look forward to when we face Manchester City on Sunday at Gallagher. And based on what Andres just said, the bookies are going to be right. Newcastle, a very clear second favourites at 13 to 2 at home. The draw is a huge 4 to 1 if you think we can nick a point. And Man City, of course, come in at 4 to 11. Stick them in an acre, don't put money on them. Both teams to score is just under evens, but you can get the same price if you think that Newcastle won't score. Over 2.5 goals is 8 to 13, so well fancied. 
and 13 to 10 if you think there'll be less than 2.5 goals. 1-0 Newcastle, 20 to 1. 2-1 Newcastle, 22 to 1. Ones each, 10 to 1. Twos each, 20 to 1. And here we go. 1-0 City, 15 to 2. 2-0 two City, 13 to 2. And if you think we'll get gubbed 4-0, you can have 16 to 1. Erling Haaland is favourite to score any time at 8 to 11, followed by another seven of his mates before you get the Callum Wilson at a decent 7 to 2. ASM and Big Joe drift out to 6 to 1 this week from the usual spot at 4 to 1. Bruno and Joe Willock at 11 to 1. And if you think Kieran Trippier will bag us one over the wall, you can have 18 to 1. The Food Bank Fund has got 30 quid in it already, thanks to Big Joe's yellow card last week. So we've had a fairly decent start to the season. And I'm going to go with the bookies this week, actually, and stay away from the goals and stick with the cards. So another fiver on Big Joe at 10 to 3, or just over 3 to 1. That'll return us about 22 quid. We're also the same for Fabian Shah as well. So hopefully, if the pair of them get booked, we'll be sticking another 40-odd quid in the bucket. For the tickle this week, uh, it wasn't too far away last week, if you remember back. So I'm going to try again with over 1.5 goals in every Premier League game this weekend, starting on Saturday dinner time and ending on Monday night, is 8-1. to one. And if you fancy the same bet on Saturday in the Championship, you can get 23 to 1. Plenty of goals around. Super 6 is open for predictions until kickoff tomorrow. Don't forget to lock your scores in, especially those who are still languishing at the bottom of the league with six points, claiming that they've forgotten their uh, password, Mr. Ray. Um, I'm actually locked out of the account. I'm never going to be able to get back in. The band is from it. Well, you will come last. That's a good thing. Well, I'm always <laughs> last with a surname Rafe. <laughs> yeah, so there's 94 people in the league now, which is fantastic. Um, and a special shout out this week to Mr. Byers and Mr. Thompson, who had a fantastic week too, and they've flown to the top of the league with a massive 30 points. So good luck, everybody. Bet safe if you're having one, and please don't chase your losses. Now, while I'm going through the old uh, um, the run through before we ask the lads about their predictions for this, can you get me a, a, a little price on the uh, Joshua uh, fight? Because it's a big boxing fight this weekend. Um, have have a look at that. Um, have a look at that, Joe. While I'm having a chat with uh, with the viewers, and then get 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 back to you. What okay, you fancy? So, so Newcastle, so Newcastle United take on Manchester City on Sunday. Half past four kickoff live on Sky Sports. Uh, of course, we know John Joe Shelby is out for the duration. Matt Target's going to undergo a late fitness test. Ryan Fraser uh, should be available, uh, but the fitness of Emil Kraft is still to be confirmed. As I mentioned earlier, Super, Super Mac and I will be at the Dog and Parrot from 2.30, and the uh, return leg after the game will be round about 7 o'clock. As for Manchester City, well, Calvin Phillips has returned to training uh, after a minor injury. New signing Sergio Gomez is expected to be in the squad that travels to Newcastle. Uh, of course, Manchester City's start has been flawless. A 2-0 win at West Ham and a 4-0 win over Bournemouth at home. Referee this weekend is Jared Gillette. Last time he took charge of a Newcastle game was Newcastle's 2-1 home win over Leicester in April. VAR, which is often switched off at St James's Park, is Peter Banks. Uh, don't forget to check the, the, the trains uh, schedule uh, when you're coming up on Sunday 
Although there's no rail strike on Sunday, the rail strike on Saturday will still affect uh, the timetables and they have been reserved and revised. So you need to have a check of your timetables. If you do come up and travel from anywhere, uh, please double check because you don't want to get stranded and miss the kickoff. Although with there being a late kickoff, it should be a bit helpful to you. Joe, have you got any uh, comments on this whole boxing scenario? Yes. Sorry, guys. I forgot all about it, actually. Um, so if you fancy Usyk, he's, he's absolutely nailed on um, for me. He's coming in at 8 to 15, so a clear favourite. 13 to 8, if you think Anthony Joshua will uh, step up and, and, and win the title back. 16 to 1, if you fancy one of Eddie Hearn's dodgy draws, um, and we'll do it all again. Uh, have, you got a, have you got a round in mind, Steve? I think this fight, because Uzik's come in heavier than last time, I didn't think Joshua would win this. I think Joshua's going to win it now. I think both fighters will go down in this fight, but I think AJ gets revenge. And I think I don't think it'll go the distance. I think it'll go eighth, eighth or ninth round, and I think there'll be a stoppage. I think AJ will win. Eight or nine round, Anthony Joshua, twenty-five to one. Well worth a bet of anybody's money. That fiver, twenty-five to one, chaps. Eighth round. Usyk's come in heavier. He's fatter. I think he's took it a little bit easier. And of course, he's been fighting on the he's been fighting on the front line in in Ukraine. Um, so I, I genuinely think that's where we're. I think that's where we're at. has got a double AJ to get knocked out and Wood to knock out Grealish. Who's <laughs> 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 the fourth round? Says Jack Sparrow. <laughs> TKO says Sensei Bat. Okay. <laughs> Haven't even started the look likes. Steve Hasty. Uh, we we're coming to Manchester City. Yeah. We're talking about we're talking about free hits. Aren't we? We're talking about three hits yeah. and all that. This is a real chance for Newcastle's crowd to get behind their team and, and really make it cause it all set here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there's ever a need for a 12th man, it's when you play Man City, isn't it? I mean, they got off to a great start against West Ham away from home um, and all in two goals. Um, and then he goes and makes his home debut and he only touched the ball what, eight times, apparently. And two of those, like, were kickoffs, um, or three of them were kickoffs. Uh, no, two of them were kickoffs, I think. Anyway, regardless of that, the, the, the thing is that, that if Holland, if you are if you were at Man City game and you were relying on Holland's heat map to keep you warm last game, then you would have froze <laughs> to death because he just wasn't in the game whatsoever. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? For me, the, the guy is he's a beast. And I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing him. I was also looking forward in a couple of weeks' time to seeing Nunes uh, for Liverpool, and obviously he's got himself sent off, and he's got a three-game ban, uh, so we're gonna have to wait a while for that. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I always love when we play Man City. I like the way they play, you know, they move the ball around. But I think that if you look back on that time when Rafa completely did Guardiola, and we, and we just soaked the pressure up, and then and then got that one-nil win. Um, you know that was for me it was great, and there was another another game where I was we actually Colin Whittle, Bill Coulton, and myself were in the directors box um, as guests of the the club, and uh, we sat with Mike Summerby, and Mike Summerby came up at the end of the game and and just said how crap his own team were and how great we were, and how that how he loves coming to Newcastle and he loves the fans and the atmosphere that's created. And I think that this is going to be a big game. And I think I think there'll be some surprises in the crowd. I think that you know everybody's going to going to be really up for it. Um, and I, and you know I looked I listened to the odds there. And I, I 
had already said 1-1. I don't know why. I just had this feeling, well, maybe the team that takes a point off them, um, you know, <laughs> points off them. I just feel as a 1-1 is, is, is there uh, with us. I think, you know, both teams conceding goals. Um, we haven't conceded yet. That, that's a good sign. Um, but I thought last week we, how we didn't concede, I don't know, because of those goal line clearances. But it shows you that the, the, the team were up for it in that respect. So uh, I'm going 1 1. Um, and I think it'll be a, a cracking game. Um, and if it's anything like the game we watched um, last weekend uh, when, Man City, when uh, Chelsea played Tottenham, if it's played at that sort of pace and it's played with that sort of passion, uh, then there's going to be 52,000 people going to be leaving that ground very, very happy um, that they've seen what is like a prem- proper Premier League game because that was what that was, uh, despite the shenanigans at the end. But uh, I don't think there'll be shenanigans on the touchline, but I think there'll be certainly uh, some excitement on the pitch. Yeah, I've taken 2-2. Two, two. I did the uh, shout-out last night on the show. I think there'll be goals in this. I think Newcastle will create a bit of a shock. I think and they might flag towards the back end. I think Newcastle will be in the lead and I think it'll be a 2-2 draw. Mitch, uh, as always, we ask you to get the dice out. Have you got them? I know you've, mm. uh, you've got them in your hand there. Go for it. Um, yeah. Whoa. Come up with 1-1. One, one. Ooh, 1-1. One, one. I think we'd all settle for that. What do you think, Mitch, off the top of your head? Do you think, uh, do you think, do that, you think that's that possible? That where I'm, that's where I was headed. I think it's a fantastic yardstick to play them at this time of the season. Getting a measure of where we're really at. Um, it's a it, it's a free hit. Let the lads go for it. Let them express themselves and uh, see how we can take them on. We've got the energy and the drive and the 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 the, the, the work rate in the team to match, and I think that's that's a fantastic platform to build from. Um, I do think we we look like we're missing just a little bit of X factor in there somewhere. But I think that give us the point now. I'd snap your hands off for it. Uh, but also, I would like, like to see a good performance that tells everybody, "Yep, we're here, yeah. and we're going to bloody your nose if you let us um, let us let us uh, come at you, and if you let us outwork you." And 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 I think uh, Guardiola has already made reference to work rate and not being able to win second balls. And finding it difficult to win second balls against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, this is this is this is the next season with Eddie working at them that little bit longer since we played them last. So I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think one one's very possible. Okay, your views, Joe. I'd absolutely love to think you were right, and I think if we had the opportunity to uh, to take a point now. I'd shake Guardiola's hand and I, and I wouldn't bother coming up um, on Sunday. The realist in me, I mean, they're, they're absolutely fantastic, aren't they? And I mean, I think one of the nice things is I'm not sitting here now panicking, um, hopefully, you know, but in, in years gone past, you're thinking, is it going to be five, six, seven, 12? You know, how many are they going to stick by us? Um, I think our defence speaks volumes. Our goalkeeper had a, had a blinder and looks like a cracking goalkeeper. Um, so it's been an interesting test. You're going to see how good Dan Byrne actually is. You're going to see how good Sven Botman is. Um, you'll certainly see how good Nick Pope is. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of those City players, believe it or not, do have a do have an off day. I mean, you're still waiting for Grealish. We talk about Sam Maximin, don't we? But you know, they've got a hundred million pound footballer. Don't forget who, who hardly pulls trees up. 
But I just think for me, there's too much, isn't there? If it's not De Bruyne, it's Ford. And if it's not Ford and it's Mares, and, and so we go on. And here's us talking about, you know, if, if Callum Wilson's not on form, where are we getting goals from? So everybody's going to have to be on the top of the game. Um, I'd love to think we'll nick that one all uh, with Wilson scoring and Sean Joe Linton getting booked. Um, so me heart will go with Mitch. Me head will say we'll get beat 2-0 and that's better than 6-0, so I'll take it. OK, Keith? Last week's aggregate, last year's aggregate with Man City was 9-0, I think, to them. I think that's what the two two fixtures were, 9-0. So when I looked at this fixture, I thought to myself, 2-1 to them would be like a tidy result because if we got beat 2-1 of Man City, it means we've had a go at them and, it, and it's a massive improvement on last season because it was, was it four and out and five now last year. We got battered. You know, we got, we got absolutely torn to shreds. Um, and Eddie's record isn't good. So that's where my brain was. My heart was saying, you put a full crowd on a Sunday afternoon in St. James's and that makes a difference. And my heart's saying we could win this 2-1. But when I've got to make a prediction, I've just been on exactly the same page as Stephen Mitch. It's 1-1. That's what I come with. I think it's, I think it's got 1-1 written all over it. Don't get us wrong. I'm not expecting one. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful it's 1-1. But, but, but there's, there's a side of us, there's a side of us thinks they are that good, but they do struggle to win the second ball, and that's what we don't struggle to do. Newcastle win that second ball. And if, if our team's changed in the last three years, it's been the team that didn't win the second ball, the team that does win the second ball. So uh, it's there to be won, it's there to be got at. Mitch has said we played them early in the season, so why not get ripped into them? You know, while, you, while you're going past, slap little Grealish on the face. And knock him off onto his backside, but I, I don't want to say I don't want to look forward to seeing Nunes and Haaland at your castle. I want them to go back to about St. Maxim, who who you know, lit the pitch up, and the Bruno just was just used the class. And and I just if we get all the ball in that midfield, and if he puts the right team up, sets us up right, and I, I wouldn't be frightened to go five at the back and and play and play one up top and, and play. I wouldn't I would be frightened. Because I think it could frustrate this team, and I don't think the, I, I don't think it's beyond us. We, we could win this two-one, but I'm going to go one-one prediction. Yeah, okay, interesting stuff as always uh, from the lads, and uh, looking forward to the game on Sunday. Time for Elliot's joke of the week. Congratulations to our daughter on getting promoted to manager at our local library. We're very proud of you, Paige Turner. (laughs) (laughs) I did like that one. Bloody good, Elliot. Keep them coming, son. Keep them coming. Uh, And now uh, for uh, Keith Patterson's laugh. Not many Steve Hasty this week, but that's not a bad thing. Thanks, Peter Guy.
recommend this one from Sam Chipperfield. Uh, I see Steve Hasty is in the fan of his new look. <laughs> Brilliant. It's the same old faces, Steve. It's the same old faces. Uh, this one uh, from Albert. <laughs> Me, Mitch, and uh, Steve seem better days than that. Thank you for that one, Albert. And this one uh, from Terry says, Did anyone else watch <laughs> Keith trying to breathe with his kids' <laughs> size, uh, John Allen shirt on. I feared for him. <laughs> what a shirt that was. He's back to normal now. He's back to normal now. This one from Anthony Lewins. He went, uh, Steve Wraith, look alike No one can tell me this isn't Steve Cooper. <laughs> good. That, the eyes are perfect. It is. That's it actually looks like him. It's good. And this one from Steve Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> Another Steve Cooper look alike. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fella. Poor fella. Christ, all right. The other stick Steve gets. Poor fella. Uh, this one from Darren Morgan, um, Gibbo, and uh, Rodney. <laughs> Looking at each other. Very good, Darren. Like that one. And this one from Tom, Ian Curtis, and Craig Gordon. Ah, yes. Interesting. Uh, Paddy McGuinness and John O'Shea. Yeah, and see yeah. that. Yeah. Steve Bruce. Yeah, and see that. <laughs> that was Paco. Blobfish, that's weird. That's, that is that's a horrible looking slimy thing, man. hundred percent Mag says here's another look like guys, the late Leah Riotta and Nick Massey, the bassist from Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Wow. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Good one. And uh, this one. Wayne Bennett, look alike, coach alike. <laughs> subtle, subtle, Wayne. <laughs> Very good, Wayne. You've featured, you, you've almost had your own section tonight. Yeah, Brian, this one. Thank you, Steve Wraith, for putting Man United <laughs> in the relegation zone. You're the best manager in the world. Keep going here. <laughs> yes, I do know that I look a little bit like him. Uh, we've had this one as well, another another comparison, this time from Paparazzi. Del Boy and Rodney versus Super Mac and Gibbo. <laughs> okay, coming into the uh, the final furlong, and this one I think was from Rich. Yeah, quite good. That even looking the same way. It's yeah, good, isn't it? it's pretty good. And this one from one hundred percent mags. Another look like Warm Andy's bodyguard, Eddie Hall, and True Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. he'd like the comparison. I met the guy as well a couple of times. He's a nice kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would. I think he would appreciate that. Uh, and Albert, sensible lookalike, Denise wow. Welsh and Eddie Izzard. <laughs> that is that's really good. Before our lawyers get in touch, uh, yeah. Nick from the Felon, who's watching the night. I'm not sure if this was a lookalike. Happy birthday to the brilliant Barry Venison. <laughs> 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 I did just pick that up on your timeline, Nick. Sorry, mate. Uh, this one from Jacob, um, who's been watching tonight. Here are some lookalikes for this week's amigos: Christian Romero and Mitrovic. Can he? Yeah. Mitrovic and Miggy. No, nothing like. Yeah. And what was the other one? The one NUFC fan and Jason Statham. 
Yes, I see where he's coming from on that one. Yeah, it's the hand, it's the one on the right hand side, isn't it? Yeah, the one the one on the left looks like Putin. But the one, <laughs> if, you look, if you look at the one on the left, he hasn't got the abs though, like Jason Statham, though, has he? Nah, no, nah, definitely not. not. Not like you, Keith, mate. Not like exactly. you. Ripped to bits, mate. Top two. Here we go. Mark Byers. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, that Mark. I know he's out on the drink now, so he's missed this, but um, I thought that was excellent, mate. Really good. Uh, the, the expression on the face, very, very good. The winner is this one. Andre and the guy who looks after Amanda Stavely. Yeah, it's mad, that. Very good, mate. Very good. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks for suggesting that. Some great lookalikes. Keep them coming. We do like to make Keith laugh. Uh, keep them coming. Send them to me or the lads on Twitter, and we will get through them. Okay, slightly earlier finish tonight because Mitch looks absolutely knackered. And don't forget, Stu Penman. <laughs> Stu Penman is in his, his neck of the woods as well. Like, so we love him on the drink. But uh, as always, some great contributions uh, from everybody, including the trolls. Great stuff, this. Um, the, there was somebody decided to get a shirt. Uh, with me on, Dave, Holly, and Gemma decided to get one of those Joe Linton shirts with me on. Uh, so NUFC ITK said, absolutely disgusting. Um, then Terry Armstrong, one of our regular viewers, decided to chip in. Uh, and for a change, it wasn't me being called a bald twat. It was Terry. <laughs> so Terry, welcome to the Troll Club. He just called him a bald twat for uh, liking the, the shirt. The good news is the shirt, which you can see there, um, we'll get we'll going on auction, public auction on my Twitter account this week. Uh, once I get a hold of it on Sunday uh, for the food bank, uh, I will sign it to make sure it's worth a little less. But uh, it will be going on uh, Twitter on probably Sunday night, Monday morning, and uh, you will get a chance to bid for it and raise some much valuable funds for the food bank. Uh, as always, pleasure to spend Friday night with you guys watching. Thanks to all the moderators for keeping the chat clean. Thanks to everybody for suggesting a few talking points. But most of all, thanks to Steve, Mitch, Buramag, Joe, Keith Patterson and Andrea for their contributions. And of course, Elliot as well. Take care, lads. Have a great weekend. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Cheers everyone. Take care.